Dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, as I was preparing to come down here and help out with the, with the sermon series you're going through, try to tie a, a couple of pieces together. I noticed that the theme for this weekend that you have is one that highlights the, the concept of learning. And so what I did was I looked back and I thought, boy, what was a pivotal moment in my life that would also tie in with some of the concepts that are found here in this gospel reading? And so what I came up with was I had a flashback to my seminary days. I had a good friend, a classmate. He often liked to give me a hard time because he was from a place, he was from the big city, and I was from a small town. And what would happen um, very often, and it started the day that we went through this reading in Greek of where he turned around and he whispered and he said, can anything good come from Beaver Dam? I thought, ah, nice. You're going to carry this out for four years, I bet. He just wanted to give me a hard time. Again, he was a big city guy, and I was from a town of about 14,000 people. Might be very similar as you think of your state of Minnesota, when you think, ah, yes, there's that place called Minneapolis. Can anything good come from there? Or maybe someone in Minneapolis, can anything good come from down south? There might be some state rivalries that go on because of basketball or football, and you wonder, ah, yeah, can anything good come from well, regardless of those little petty things that can happen between towns and cities and all those sorts of things, it's a joy to be here tonight and to contemplate and ponder what the, this disciple, this learner, had going through his mind when someone came to him and approached him and said, Ah, yes! We found him! Where is he from? Nazareth! And he stops and he ponders as he goes through, and it's not necessarily so much a city rivalry that's on his heart and his mind, but as he's thinking through the scriptures that he has learned, where does it say this Savior would be from Nazareth? How could it be that one so great would come from a town right up here? Well, we're going to ask that question as we meditate on that this evening here, that question of can anything good come from there or slash here? Where are we tonight? We're in North Mankato. I was here a few weeks ago and I learned, yeah, you need to distinguish between North Mankato and Mankato, even though you can say Mankato and you're pretty much covering all of it. Well, I looked a little bit of your history because, again, you're celebrating 100 years, and I noticed, ah, it was about 100 years ago, there was this thing called a bridge that was built. And what happened to North Mankato after that bridge was built? There was a big population boom. And all of a sudden, people started settling over this way because it was very easy for them to get back and forth. Well, tonight, as we look at what is before us in the sermon text, we notice that there's some bridging going on in the midst of the disciples. And I would invite you, I would encourage you to do some learning after you go home tonight or when you wake up in the morning to go through these readings that are here, but also check out the context that's around it. You see, it's in the Gospel of John, and there's a series, and the very, some of the first words that are here, it talks about how the next day, 
And usually if you're one to study the Gospels and you think of action plans and a, a book, a Gospel full of lots and lots of actions, Mark is one at least that comes to mind of how there's immediately, immediately, immediately lots of little action things going on. Well, here in John, we have some action items going on of where there's the next day, the next day, the next day. Well, what is behind all of that? You see, John the Baptist is out doing his work, and he's approached from these, these guys who are known to be very good learners, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And they wanted to know who he was. Who in the world are you? Tell us. And John's ministry, what was it all about? It was all about being a forerunner to Christ, to point others to Christ, to have those that would follow him, and he would point them to their Lord and God. He would preach repentance. And then look ahead to a prophet that would be coming, one who was the prophet, the one who would be promised from long ago. And what happened was after these Pharisees approached him, the next day, it says that John saw Jesus coming. And what does John do? He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it happens again. There's another the next day. And there are some disciples with John. To whom he points out and he says, Ah, look, the Lamb of God. And what happens with these disciples? You might know them by the names of Andrew and John. They're guys that had attachments to brothers, where Andrew, as soon as he found that out, he went running to find his brother Peter, and he says, come and see. And John, his brother James, those two fishermen, of where these first disciples of Jesus had been directed to, and they're about to embark on a lifelong of learning, or to continue a lifelong learning, that had started whenever they were first taught about this promise of a coming Messiah. And then all of a sudden we get to our text this evening. And we have a couple of other names that are thrown at us. We have the names of Philip and Nathaniel. We have some towns of where we have identification of where they come from. Philip, he was like Andrew and Peter. They came from Bethsaida. Nathaniel, if you look further ahead in the scriptures, you'll learn that he came from the area of Cana. You might remember that miracle that happened. Towns, places, where these guys come from, and what goes on. They continue to point others to this one that they were pointed to, and embarked on this lifelong journey of learning, of where they would hear about this Savior, not only hear about him, but they would see him in action. They would make connecting points of the Old Testament of where they could say, ah, yes, this is the one who fulfills those promises that have been made about him. He would teach them. He would instruct them. He would guide them. Well, he doesn't just do that for them. He does that for all of us. But before he embarks, continued for, or before he continues further on to that mission that he had of teaching and preaching and going to the cross, he has this wonderful conversation with this guy named Nathaniel. You see, Nathaniel, he was going through, he was having his questions of where he was approached, of where someone took the time to say, come and see. And he just pondered, Nazareth. How could it be that it would be from Nazareth? And yet what happens is as he approached Jesus, Jesus does what he so often does in all of the Gospels when he encounters someone. He meets them exactly where they're at and he gives them exactly what they need. He teaches them as they need to be taught. 
And he tells this servant of his about how he saw him. There he knew exactly what was going through his heart and his mind. And what is Nathaniel's reaction? He says this. He says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Some things that he recognized that this was the one standing before him that would be the one to come into the world to save all mankind from sin. This is the one who was related to that line of David, that righteous branch that would come from that line. Here is the one standing before him. And he would follow. He would be a lifelong learner, a lifelong disciple of his Savior. And he would take what he would see in here and he would proclaim it. He would follow the instructions that would be given to him just like those other disciples of where they recognized that the one standing before them was their rabbi, was the king of Israel, was the promised savior. And despite the many stumblings that they had along the way, they would recognize who this was and they would see those angels. They would see their Lord and their Savior, ascend into heaven, and he would give them a commission that would tell them how they would be his witnesses to those various regions, those places from where they came from, and not only there, but to the regions of Samaria where they had those enemies, and to the ends of the earth. Well, how does all of that tie in with us right here in North Mankato at this point in history? of where we are, and how does that question of can anything good come from here apply with this series that you're going through, this celebration? And not only is it a celebration of thanksgiving, of where you're looking back at the past of God's grace that he showered upon this congregation, the various uh, entities, the various ministries that have been connected to it, but there's also the thoughts that are tied to it of how the Lord Jesus is going to bless you as you move forward. Well, again, we need that bridge, that connecting point to our Lord and Savior, because there's a part of us, that sinful nature in all of us, that will often say, ah, yes, can anything good come from me sitting in God's house? Can anything good come from me supporting a school? Can anything good come from me doing evangelism work, taking time out for Bible study? Can anything good come from this home that I live in, of where I have my really bad days. Can anything good come from this? And what happens? We see how, how, how we are so connected and tied to sin. Because the gifts that we have, we often will say it in a tone of where we say, yeah, can anything good really come from this? And we don't follow our Lord and Savior's instruction. Or can anything good come from this? And we don't give to the Lord God our all and our best. But yet again, our Savior will continue to come to us. Our Savior will come and meet us where we're at. And he'll say, yeah, look here. And you'll see that someone good stood in your place. You'll see someone good went to the cross and he paid for all of your sins, all of the things that are not good about you. 
Again, a, a couple of beautiful things that are in here are just the names that are utilized in this section of John of where Jesus takes that name upon himself as the Son of Man. Right? Nathaniel recognized him as who? He says, you're the King of Israel. He says that you are the Son of God. But yet Jesus recognizes and stands before him and says, yeah, I'm the Son of Man too. The one who became one of you. To be your perfect substance. Can anything good come from there? Yeah. You can say our perfect substitute came from heaven. Was incarnate. And then he went and he suffered and died on a cross so that we would not have to suffer hell for our sins. Again, the message that's here. I don't know everything about this congregation here in North Mankato. I don't know everything about your various systems of education that you have here but again, the encouragement that is for all of you is to look at those places, the things that God has given you, and to say, yeah, there's a lot of good that comes from here. From your learning center, those little ones are connected to their parents. Those little ones are hearing the precious truths that Jesus wants them to know. How Jesus said, yeah, let the little children come to me, and they do. And they continue to grow. You have connections to a grade school, a Lutheran grade school. You have a Sunday school here. Of where, yeah, sometimes those children can be rambunctious. Sometimes you might think, oh, I don't have any kids, so how does it apply to me? Can anything good come from here? Think of times of where from their lips they're able to say key truths like Jesus loves me. Or God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son of where they learn that from little on. Connections to high schools, to your youth group, to the Beacon Campus Ministry. Also here to your Bible study. Again, an application for us is to think of these men, of how they would be disciples, discipleship, of where they would be lifelong learners of hearing from their Lord and Savior, knowing His Word inside and out. That's also an area of where our Lord God, He equips us, He gives us that mean, those means of grace of where we gather around word and sacrament. And I wasn't here to, I was here not too long ago, about six weeks ago, part of a congregational meeting. And at that meeting, again, there was some stuff that was wearing heavy on the hearts of this congregation. You had been without a pastor for a long time. Well, this is where there is a good opportunity for some encouragement because that pastor is about to be installed here in a few weeks. You have another pastor who's been serving here faithfully. You have a staff minister. You have these teachers uh, that are a part of the various schools. Well, what those pastors do, I can tell you, I, I used to be in a parish. Now I'm, I'm not at a parish. I'm doing some other work connected with our synod. But a good chunk of their week is spent dedicated to dig inside of God's Word, not just for them, and they need to be reminded too, yes, we as pastors need to study this first and foremost on our own, but they're digging into this for who? You. The best thing you can do, if you're not doing it already, is to continuing to make worship a priority in your life, but then also to add that added blessing that you have here, of when there's a Bible study during the week. 
It's a little bit different than a sermon because, again, I'm standing in front talking, preaching. You don't always necessarily get to ask your questions. But in a setting like Bible study, those men, those individuals that are preparing that, they're preparing that for you because they want you to know how wonderful this individual is who Philip introduced Nathaniel to. And Nathaniel was able to marvel and say, Ah, yes, teacher, rabbi, son of God and king of Israel. We can get a lot of stuff that gets into our lives of where that aspect of learning isn't always prioritized as our number one thing in life. We can get tied up with work or tied up with what's going on outside. But our Lord and Savior, he gives us those opportunities of saying, yeah, all of that stuff is going on. You live in a sinful world. You deal with sin. Come and see. Come and hear. Come and listen. Take some time to marvel and to find joy and comfort in what I've done to see. Time in the home, learning with families, devotions. Time here at this place for Bible study and worship. Again, I opened with a classmate, and again, to end the sermon, I guess I'll I'll kind of end, end with a, a story connected to that, because again, I, I, I received that question for about three years of, can anything good come from Beaver? Yeah, I'm, an, I'm, a city, I'm not a city boy. I was a city boy, but not a big city boy. What happened, I, I know his vicar year, he ran into a, a little situation of where whatever it was got some pastors disgruntled at a pastor's meeting. And when they got together, there was some arguments about this or that, and and whatever it was, well, there were these three pastors from Beaver Dam who got up and said, before we get too tied into this, let's sit down and learn what Jesus has to say. Moment was called, that guy who was a vicar, he was calmed down a little bit. He said, yeah, struggling through that, yeah, there was something that good that came from Beaver Dam. Again, a little joke that I have with him. You've got some people in your lives where they might know you're connected to this congregation here in North Mankato. And guess what? Some good stuff comes from here. It's the word that your Lord Jesus gives to you. Think about those moments of where you have some opportunities to do that, and that's part of your series too. Of where you too can give them some of that good stuff. The good stuff of pointing out who this king of Israel is. Of saying this is the answer that all of you need. Amen.